This is a special world report with a friend of Medjugorje. Our lady said August 2nd, 2010, forget that what is personal. Think what is of God. Our lady is trying to get us to change our mentalities. Think in a different way. Think what is of God. And she continues in this message, do not permit Satan to open the paths of earthly happiness. What is earthly happiness? It's an empty life. It's devoid of joy. The drink of Mountain Dew, the commercials I used to play, always show people happy, going to the river, jumping on the swings, all this fun. But just being happy doesn't mean you're joyful. That's a different thing. Many people today in the world think that being rich makes you happy. Our Lady continues about this earthly happiness in her message, adding the words, The path without my son, they are false and last a short while. Our Lady's conveying to us the earthly happiness, and she does want us to be happy on earth, but not the happiness that the world gives you, because the earthly happiness is devoid of joy. A recent study showed that people who are well off are less religious, and they gave a reason for that, because they have all the problems solved through money. If you get sick, you go to the best doctors. If you go in the hospital, you go to the best hospital. All your needs are met through your fortune and your richness. But these people also are not consoled. They may be happy with what their money can do, but in the end, it's a false road and it only lasts for a short while. Our Lady is here to show us something very big, much bigger than we can understand. I'm just at a loss that so many Christians do not see how dangerous the whole system is. And I'm saying the whole system is rotten to the core. And I'm talking about the education system. Catholic, universities, parochial schools, all those private schools, all the public schools. The system is diabolically driven. You say, well, how can you condemn everything? Because they're going away. And I tell you, I condemn them. The education system is very, very diabolical. In 1828, when people had their head on straight in the dictionary, they said to educate means to bring up a child, to instruct, and to inform, and to enlighten, to understanding, to instill into the mind principles of morals, religion, and behavior, and other subjects. And it ends with this. To educate children well is one of the most important duties of parents and guardians. And you're thinking, okay, well, I'm doing that. I'm sending it somewhere else. No, it's your responsibility to teach your children. But you don't know how. When you put your children in this system, it's a sign of your own ignorance and that you're not educated. Maybe you have a degree that says so, but you're not. How can I be so bold in saying that? I heard a shocking message from a lady way back in 1988, October 24th. I was amazed at it. It's a major message. A lady says, your mother wants to call you to pray for the young of the whole world. 
for the parents of the whole world so they know how to educate their children and how to lead them in life with good advice. Contemplate that. That's 1988. What did Our Lady see coming? She didn't have to see it was coming. It was already going downhill at that time. From 1963, we took prayer out. We put Satan in. He runs the system, and I'm telling you, the system is based in diabolical spirits, evil spirits. September 2nd, 2015, Our says, I will teach you faith. I will teach you truth. I will teach you love. You say, well, that's things about morals and values. No, truth is what you have to know to know about the education system to see the truth into it and the untruth of it. Why does Our Lady have to tell this if we're getting it? We got the parochial schools. We got the teachings from our shepherds. So you're supposed to know about faith. This is 2015. We're supposed to know about truth. We're supposed to know about love. We're not getting it. So I'm jumping from 1988 to 2015. Our Lady wouldn't be saying this unless you're not getting what you need to learn about faith, truth, and love. March 18th, 2002. I will teach you. Again, February 2nd, 2013. I desire to teach you. It's not just I will teach you. I desire to teach you. Why? Because if we need to be taught in the most advanced school systems throughout the whole world, universities and more numbers of schools everywhere, how is it that she has to tell you, I desire to teach you, if we are being taught correctly? May 2nd, 2008. I will teach you simplicity of life. Why are not we learning this in our schools? Why are we not learning this through our parents? Because they're not teaching it. Their life is complicated. There's no simplicity. October 25th, 1994. God granted me to be with you and to teach you and to guide you. If we've got the universities and everything out there educating us, showing us, we would know how to be guided. There's something going on here that you can read if our lady's saying these things and you look at the other systems, get education, go to college, go to high school, finish high school. I heard about a guy the other day says that he dropped out of high school at 40 years old. He just got his diploma high school. And they're all clapping and all his friends saying, you got a high school diploma. I know people that didn't make first grade as millionaires or geniuses. These diplomas mean nothing. Absolutely nothing. And it's proven when we have somebody coming down to heaven on November 29th, 1984, saying this, I have come on earth to teach you. Well, Mary, why are you doing that? We don't need to be taught. We've got everything. We've got books. We've got all these things. What are you going to teach us? October 15th, she tells us, 1990, I always want to teach you something new. Wow, is that not a mind blower? We're learning so much new things, so many great things we think. No, something's missing here. What is it? March 18, 2011, she tells you what you're missing. The most fundamental thing to learn. She says, I desire to teach you real love. Pretty profound. Very profound. Your mother wants to call you to pray for the young of the whole world, for the parents for the whole world, so they know how to educate their children and how to lead them in life with good advice. We have the most dysfunctional families, the most messed up people, 
ever in the history of the world. And I put that in front of the ark before it started floating. You think a lady comes here for 38 years and 30 times she says, teach you. Two times she says, educate you. And that just happened on Yvonne's apparition just very recently, August 12th. In this time, in a special way, I'm calling you to prayer, to persevere in prayer. Why? Because my son has permitted me to remain together with you for so long because I desire to teach and to educate you. This is just a few days ago. So if somebody tells you that, they walk up on the street and say, Hey, Joe, I want to teach you and educate you. What is your response? Is that an insult? Hey, I've been to college. I've got degrees. You're going to educate me? We're not educated. We are not smart. We've been dumbed down. We are stupid. And where is everybody's happiness? Where is everybody's joy? Many want to have everything. They want to win the lottery. They want to do this or they want to make it in life. They want all this. And they do make it and they're miserable. So for the whole world, instead of educating the children, all the parents of the whole world, Satan has opened a path for earthly happiness, which is false and doesn't last but a short while. I want you to listen to a clip that's coming up now, and it starts off in a classroom. What you hear in the beginning is chalk on a chalkboard, and then the teacher goes in and starts teaching. And pay attention to this, of the path of the world with materialism, consumerism, all these things who's captivated by modernism. And these are the things I was trying to get you to see, to get away from, but how you're supposed to be in your life. She does want us to be happy, but not the earthly happy. Rich and miserable. Now, is that an oxymoron? Or, or, or is it just the result of some dreams and aspirations that have gone completely haywire on the road to happiness? What's that even mean, rich? Somebody, somebody give me a definition of the word rich. Money. <laughs> Absolutely. Lots of money. Tons of money. So you're swimming in butter. At least that's what they keep telling us in the world outside. But think about this. Each one of you comes in here every single day to learn something that will better prepare you for success in the great big world outside of these doors. Our goal is to educate you so that you're equipped to face whatever may come your way. But what about you? Hmm? What are you actually learning about you? In other words, what makes you happy? Here's the challenge. I want you to forget about whatever it is you think you might face outside these doors and whatever you think that you want out of life or, or believe that life may owe you. I want you to put all of that aside and I just want you to think about one thing. I want you to think about what you will give. What will you be willing to give to change the word miserable to joyful? What will you be so rich with that you'll be willing to share it with the entire world? 
And I want you to distill all that down to one word, come up here, write it on the board, and then walk out the door. And then I want you to give it to the world. Well, that'd be good. Come on up. Green grass, hold the cows graze. Hedge fun, 401. Keg milk and honey in the land of the free. New York Times, farmers all Monday. Too busy to call our mama. Back porch ain't what it used to be. We don't know what we want, but we want it, and we want it all right now. We're too young and too, we're too old, we're all lost on the yellow brick road. We climb the ladder, but the ladder just grows. We're born, we work, we die, it's spiritual. Enough is never enough, American dream never wakes up too much. Is never too much We won't be happy till we're rich and miserable Go to school to get a job Don't make enough to pay it Off and on and on it goes Right wing blue jeans Get the new thing, whatever it takes to make the world look at you think We're too young and too, we're too old We're all lost on the yellow brick road We climb the ladder, but the ladder just grows We're born, we work, we die, it's spiritual Enough is never enough American dream never wakes up Too much is never too much we Maybe we'll get it Maybe we won't But even when we get it Really we don't We're too young and too we're too old We're all lost on the yellow brick road We climb the ladder but the ladder just grows We're born, we work, we die, it's spiritual Enough is never enough American dream never wakes up Too much is never too much We won't be happy till we're rich and miserable Come on, get rich and miserable All Americans and many in other places of the countries across the world are rich, even at the poverty level. Their income and what they get receiving from conveniences that is so easily available to them was not given to rich people 200 years ago on the same level. 
We don't even see who we are anymore or understand it. And are people happy today in this culture? No, they're not. And if you are, you're still very concerned with what things going on in the world. Because we are in trouble. We're in trouble because we know somebody's coming from heaven that says, I have come on earth to teach you. You have to look at this and evaluate. There are many things that you do not know, even though you might think you do. You may not believe it. You may not think it. But your kids are being taught these things about climate change is a lie. A huge satanic lie. A lie that we're a democracy instead of a republic. And that came from the universities. It's come from the rotten education system. To keep calling America a democracy, you might think, a friend of Medjugorje has been saying this for years, why are you not responding? Why are you not going to your Catholic schools and say, stop calling this nation a democracy? That's where they fight us. That's where they defeat us. And they are defeating us. We have to take a serious look of where we are and where we're headed. The left knows the language game. They know how powerful it is because they mimic what happened in Garden of Eden. Satan didn't do anything to Eve. He talked to her. His language persuaded her. We're losing everything through language. We're not engaging. And that's why I spoke up earlier about the democracy. Why aren't you fighting that? I've not heard anybody, nobody talk about this, about we're a republic. Nobody defends it. And I just didn't start talking about this. I go back two and a half decades about this. You say, well, it's not that big a deal. You are using verbiage every day that the enemy has got in your mind and your mentality. San Francisco, they just came out with a new brand to rebrand what they call convicted felons. Their board of supervisors adopted the changes last month as the city of San Francisco reels from one of the highest Crime rates in the United States, staggering. They're genius officials. And I say genius because they're smarter than all of you out there. The left is very smart. We are naive. We think it's no big deal. We adopt to what they say. We don't challenge it. We don't go to the bishop. We don't go to the Catholic schools and say, do not teach our kids that we are democracy. Do not change everything to gender neutral. We let this go on. You have to start fighting. You need to go to your priest. You need to go to the principals of Catholic schools. You need to go to the bishop and demand it. But see, they're united. And they care about what they're doing. So these local officials says, a new language. See that? A new language. They know how powerful it can be. Will help change people's views about those who commit crimes. From now on in San Francisco, a convicted felon or an offender released from custody will be known as a formerly incarcerated person or a justice-involved person or just a returning resident. What does that tell you? It tells you that they believe that they can change things and mentalities by verbiage. The left has this. They have the universities. They have the education system. And they're pumping these things out left and right. In San Francisco now, you can't say a juvenile delinquent. They are now to be called young persons with justice system involvement. Why don't we just say it and change it? Why don't we just say young persons with justice system vomit? Maybe that'd be a better name. 
Or a young person impacted by the juvenile system. Really? A young person impacted by the juvenile justice system. Why are they doing this? Why are you maybe smiling at this? Why are we looking at this stupid and funny? It's not stupid. And it's not funny. Because it comes from the devil. And Yvonne has told you. You've heard me say it. I heard him say it. That the devil has a master intellect. And we're brain dead. And we're going to be dead from these people before it's over with. Our lady wants to teach us. She's trying to get us to pray, work, and witness with love for the kingdom of heaven that it may be good for you here on earth. That's a fresh message just August 25th. Drug addicts or substance abusers, meanwhile, will be called a person with a history of substance use. That's sweet. See, they can say these things and they won't be labeled with a scarlet letter. So they stated that the sanitized language may result in convoluted descriptions of crimes in the future. So they can now minimize the crime. It won't be such a big deal anymore. We on our side cannot make this big enough of a deal. It's huge. Way beyond what you can see now. And that's what I always hear. I'm coming to teach you, to educate you, to see these things. There's no how to discern truth. And we let this garbage in our missalettes on Sundays. And all the missalettes have taken over. Some of them are publishing very liberal Catholics in Oregon. Taking out anything that is convicting in the readings for a longer form. They're doing it right in mass with us. The Catholic Church is one of the biggest partners in these things. If I was a bishop, I would ban all these missalettes. So why don't you do that, bishops? You got no guts. You're not standing up for us. You're not protecting us. You're letting the devil bring the language on us, and we're being destroyed by it. Our Lady is here because we do not understand what's coming in the future. And so she's talking about this in the 80s. Get ready. And you've heard me tell you already what she said in 1984. I've come on earth to teach you. But we got another project here now. We got something big, so big. It's going to transform America, and it will work. You can laugh all you want to. They've done so many changes to their languages, and don't think they're not serious about this. It's a new project. August 13th, 2019, New York Times tweeted this. In the days and weeks to come, we will publish essays demonstrating that nearly everything that has made America exceptional grew out of slavery. Let me translate that to you. We're going to give you propaganda. We're going to do and copy what Russia did and what their news agency was called, TASS, T-A-S-S. And they lied and they twisted people's mentality. That's what New York Times says they're going to do. And mainly why? Because they want to show that America is not exceptional. That is a spiritual thing. America's exceptionalism means we've been blessed as no other nation in the history of the world. We are exceptional. We've been blessed tremendously as no nation ever in front of us before and never after. 
So that's what this is about. It's about God and how America was founded and how the blessings and the Revolutionary War, all the things of George Washington, the Continental Congress, how all those things came by the mighty hand of God, the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution. But now all that is going to disappear. Oh, my kids won't learn that then at Catholic school. I read it in a minute. It's going to show you the Catholic Church is part of it. They're thick into it. They've already endorsed this. They've already got behind the doors in the universities. This thing's already put together. It's just announced 16 days ago. But this just didn't pop up on the 12th, the day before they announced it. They've been planning these things. We will transform America. See, the Trump-Russia collusion, they had tried to attack our side on. Now that that failed, now they're going to go to racism. And this is the new project that the New York Times announced. The new goal is to reframe the history and also to target our president. They said, now we're turning the founding of America into a sin. Literally, that's what they're planning to do. The founding of the United States of America is a sin of white people. So they come up with this project because this is 2019. They go like 400 years ago to 1619. They've been waiting on this, not for a few weeks, not for a few months, but for years this has been planned. I wrote in 2012, and they fired the first shot about 2020, they were going to change the Constitution. Trump messed that up. Go back to read this book. You have to read They Fired the First Shot. It's like a new book for you to see this. 2020 was their target date to change the Constitution. So don't think Project 1619 and they're referring to the year 400 years ago, 1619, just came out of the hat? See, they're strategic. They're planning. What can we do next? What is their aim? The New York Times says this. The 1619 Project, quote, aims to reframe the country's history, understanding 1619 as our true founding and placing the consequences of slavery and the contributions of the black Americans at the very center of the story. The New York Times, in other words, is rewriting the founding of America and rewriting American history. You say, this is stupid. They're not going to do it. No, you're stupid for believing they won't do it. And again, I always have to qualify myself because Paul called the stupid Galatians. Our side is stupid. If not stupid, we're ignorant. And if we're ignorant, we're not listening to our ladies here teach you. You'll learn these things that you have to start fighting. You can't just sit on these things. I was going to the principal in the end of the 70s in the early 80s, about what they were teaching in the Catholic school back then. I got worried they were going to show a video one morning to where my oldest son was in school, Back to the Future. And I walked in the principal's office, no announcement, no appointment. The kids were already gathering in a little auditorium, and they're all sitting on the floor, and they're fixing to put that thing in there. I says, Alice, you're not playing this video. She says, what? I says, you're not going to play this video, these kids. She said, what's wrong with it? I said, it uses God's name in vain. She said, well, we have parents to go okay with that, and we're going to play it. I said, no, you're not. You're not going to play that. I'll go tear the TV up. No one I went and got away. Then she responded, I compromised. She says, you can take your son out of here. I says, no, I'm not taking my son out of here. This is a Catholic school, and the other kids aren't going to see it. I'm not going to stand for it. That's the end of the story, Alice. And she stood up, put both her hands on the desk. I said, I'm warning you, you are not playing this video. And she said, well, I don't know why you're getting so riled up. I said, I'm going to go see Father White right now. And I'm saying names. Father White was a pastor. I started to walk out the door, and she walked across the hall. 
I see all the kids sitting down there. They're putting the VHS cartridge in the TV. And Alice says, we're not going to show this. I'm stopping this. So I'm right behind her. I'm not going to let her steal my thunder. I said, I stopped this. This has bad words in it. Uses God's name in vain in it. We're not showing it in Catholic school. And I walked out. One person with the whole school staff, nobody raised anything. No parents raised anything. And because I made a stink, they did that. It's time for you to stand up. I didn't know the message, but I lived it. And so here our lady comes to Medjugorje later, decades later, and says, the united love of my apostles will live, will conquer, will expose evil. That's who we are if you're going to be an apostle. It's not comfortable what happened to her. We had another encounter later. I worked all summer. We can go on vacation. So I'm going up there to take all my kids out of school. We're going to go to Florida. You can't do that. I said, excuse me? You can't just take your kids out of school. Oh, I'm just being courtesy coming to you telling you I'm taking my kids out of school. You can't do that. I'm going to do it. You can call the truants officers. You can do whatever you want to. But I had to work all summer. My company was so busy. And we're leaving. Bye, Alice. Years later, you know where Alice was? Praying in this field. Smiling at me. Maybe she got convicted. Maybe you're supposed to be convicting somebody by turning them off to start. And I've got many people who come back to me where they got put on the straight path and convicted. That's our problem. But let me tell you, this, this 1619 Project is a big, big thing. The New York Times says America wasn't founded in 1776. It wasn't founded in the Revolutionary War. This country was founded when slavery began in America. Really? Really? They're disqualifying all Americans' greatness, trying to erase it, to wipe it completely out. The New York Times, they call this, quote, Project 1619. Their major goal is to indoctrinate American schools with this propaganda. And now, associated with this, there's a major, major push for a new school curriculum. How are you going to defeat that when they got it in the books? The next day, the USA came out pushing that because New York starts it and everybody else does it. So all major news organizations now are getting behind this. So here it is, 2019. They claim the 400th anniversary of the slaves first coming to the continent. In 1619, they're going to teach all your children that America didn't start and that they didn't build it. They didn't come from our forefathers that we know is our history, but that the slaves did it. So they came in 1619, and they built America. We stole their reputation. Well, we did that, and the slaves were so skilled. Why did they come from Africa as savages? If they had all these skills and they built America, why were they in Africa still primitive people? That's your one argument. Who built America? You would see a super advanced civilization in Africa if the slaves built America, as they say it. You know, there's so many points that you can shoot this and hope, but your kids are going to be brainwashed. They're going to indoctrinate that. It's just reason out. Africans, why didn't they build a ship and come over and conquer the land here? Christopher Columbus and the ships and what they advanced to had done it. It's a no-brainer. It's not about racism, being for or against people or whatever. This is to wipe out Christianity. This is against God. This is against the people who have cultured this nation and lifted up people from other cultures that were lower cultures to a level that they would never achieved in their own country. Can't we just tell the truth? 
Is that racist to say that? Then you call me that. You can say whatever you want to. Truth cuts, and you can't contradict it. You can only lie against it and try to transform it. We've had for years really good black people that support this mission around the world. From Zimbabwe, they come looking for me every time I'm in Medjugorje. We're good friends. I wrote about it in a book. And they're beautiful friends with us. you got to look and see whoever you are, no matter what race you're part of, is this 1619 leading us to the light, or is it going to lead us to darkness and more separation? All this is for division. It has diabolical roots. You are listening to a friend of Medjugorje giving a special world report. In just a moment, a friend of Medjugorje will conclude. This special world report is broadcasting around the world, telling of topics that will affect your world, your home, your family, your neighborhood. You have heard a friend of Medjugorje reveal agendas that have been in the making for decades and are gaining momentum, heading right for your children. But who else is cleverly supporting these agendas? Now is the time to reread They Fired the First Shot, 2012. Build up your courage and begin the fight. As a friend of Medjugorje gives concrete examples that anyone can follow of what you must do. All it takes is one word. Spread this broadcast by making available to others what you have learned. With your prayers and generous support, this broadcast will continue to reach the furthest corners of the world. God will bless you for your efforts. To make a tax-deductible donation, contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Or when dialing internationally, dial 001-205-672-2000. To donate online, visit medj.com, spelled M-E-J dot com, and click on Donate. For all who give, a friend of Medjugorje will share with you a free copy of the MP3 audiobook, They Fired the First Shot 2012. When making your donation on the phone or online, please mention today's broadcast and the CD number, CD110MP3. Now, here is a friend of Medjugorje to conclude today's broadcast. Now we want to enter into our Catholic school system, who's for this. And as you hear this, 16 days later, how did they get in this and it spread so quick? They all got together. You don't have to know. You didn't have to listen to them. You didn't have to spy on them. The fact that this is coming from every angle and it's in the Catholic institutions already from the New York Times, they got in back rooms and they planned this. And you're going to accept it? Are you going to go to the Alice's there and the principles to convict them say that you're not going to be teaching this garbage? This essay was written not by one reporter from the National Catholic Reporter, but by the entire editorial staff. They feel this is that important that they want the entire staff to be a part of their opinion about this 1619 project. And the title of their essay is called, The 1619 Project is Landmark Truth-Telling. So they begin saying that 1619 Project is an undertaking of the New York Times that might well go down 
as a publishing landmark under the heading of bold truth telling. The title itself requires a reconsideration of American history, of the founding era, of the presumptions that undergird how we think of ourselves as individuals and as a nation. The project bears a history, the beginnings of which is marked by the sale 400 years ago of the first Africans into slavery in the New World, thus 1619. It is a history that has been horribly distorted and purposely hidden and ignored, but one that keeps poking through the national facade of tranquility. The tranquility, of course, has been shattered repeatedly in recent years with racist language from a president who manages to see good people among white supremists and who has been unrestrained in his use of vile descriptions of masses of immigrants, wholly unsupported by actual evidence. Now remember, this is a National Catholic Reporter, and they are pro-Project 1619. And this is just the tip of the iceberg, where this is probably already infiltrated the church. And it continues, whatever the forces propelling it, the 1619 Project leaps light years ahead of the normal considerations of race in the United States, not through analysis or speculation about causes or wishes about what might be or considerations of white privilege. Rather, it deals unflinchingly and in minutely researched detail with what was, and that becomes integral to consideration of what we've become. Slavery is in almost every detail of who we are. Accounting systems, Wall Street, sugar and pecans, voter suppression, and traffic jams in Atlanta. The fundamental declaration of the underlying reality proceeds in, in your face, Big, bold letters, the primary essay in the magazine, quote, Our founding ideals of liberty and equality were false when they were written. Black Americans fought to make them true. Without this struggle, America would have no democracy at all, unquote. See it? See? Democracy? You let that pass you just six years ago. You didn't stop it. And now look where they are. They continue saying, in other words, if you start the history lesson on the founding of the country at 1776, you've already got it wrong. Start with 1619. That sale represented the beginning of American slavery. The project of 1619 is timely, the kind of truth-telling essential at a moment when facts and fantasy have become fungible. The bottom line, these are ugly realities that have resonance in nearly every corner of contemporary life in the United States. They need to be taught as an irreducible element of our history. To that end... The New York Times has printed hundreds of thousands of extra copies distributed free to libraries, museums, and schools. 
Additional materials are available, including podcasts and a broadsheet page on the subject for kids. The publication has also produced, in partnership with the Pulitzer Center, a curriculum to be distributed in schools across the country. Demand that your school, public, private, Catholic, or other religious institution, charter, or homeschool, include the curriculum as a required course of study. What do you think about that? I just went through the whole broadcast leading to this point, how important this is, and they are doing exactly what you should be doing. But see, they were ahead of us. How does the New York Times come out 16 days ago, and they got hundreds of thousands of things out there, podcasts, curriculums, in the libraries. They donate all this stuff. This thing's a highly organized assault. And you wonder why they comes to the earth and says, do not believe lying voices. And yet you accept it. You say, okay, well, I know they're lying. You better do something about it. Yes, or they says pray. Yes, or they says fast. But she says expose evil. My DNA was going in to see Alice way before I knew anything. Maybe that's why I'm doing what I'm doing now, because I was doing things that nobody else was doing back then. And I'm doing it now. I don't want to rock the boat. You better rock the boat, because if you don't, it's going to sink while you're on it. It's not enough for us to oppose this through media and through systems and through the Internet. No, we need to be active. We need to tell the bishop, you're not going to put this in the curriculum. You need to go to your schools. Your homeschoolers, you don't even have to buy books that they have. Get your own encyclopedias. I got three sets of encyclopedia from the 1930s, in the 40s, in the 50s. In the 50s, I see them start changing things. And I got a fourth set of encyclopedias in my library from the 1900s, which is Catholic encyclopedias. The most fundamental lesson is what Our Lady says. I am here to teach you love. And you don't need a teacher. You don't need the structure of even a school. People who can be self-learned. As soon as my grandkids come into my house, the first thing they do is they go in my library, bring a book, and say, Papa, would you read this? Anytime they come up, that's where they go. Why? Because there's no TV, there's no cell phones, there's no electronic toys. They play outside or they read. They love reading. All the parents in the community have to read to the kids every night because they're asking for that. It's a natural appetite. And if you fulfill that appetite with cell phones and these stupid games and activities that are useless, you're cheating your kids and you're throwing them in 1619 garbage. When I wrote the school prayer, when we started a school, there's one section that says, the most important lesson to learn is not from a book, but how to love. And our kids pray this prayer from 1 through 12th grade every school day. And that's their most important lesson. When you heard the chalkboard clip, he said that I want you to put in one word that if you could give to the world to change it, what would that word be? And he had him write those on the chalkboard. And I ask you that. If you had to narrow down one word you could give to the world to change it, what is that word? I'll tell you the answer. And I'll tell you it's the one answer. The answer is... Our Lady. And with that, I wish you, Our Lady. We love you. 
Goodbye.